<laughs> this is Shameful Gone Sexy with me, Dr. Jocelyn Hart. Here, I share my truth from personal and professional experience in how to change your life. No fluff. Listen up, because I'm saying fuck you to fear, fuck you to judgment, and fuck you to anything and everyone who has kept you exactly where you are. I'm calling bullshit on behavioral mindset that's actually keeping you on that ruthless roller coaster. We are ditching the shackles of shame and instead lighting a fire up your asshole to get rid of the emotional constipation so you can be free to live as exactly who you are and love yourself for it. I'm going to share some discoveries that are going to make sense like nothing has made sense before. From the real reasons we binge to how we find our purpose, it's all on the table. I'm not here to inspire. I'm here to empower you to do exactly what it is you already want to do. Just like me, you've been through the trenches. Now you're claiming the trauma and I'll show you how to transform it into a fulfilling happiness you didn't think was possible. Trust yourself to take the ride. It won't disappoint. You are worthy. You are enough. And you are sexy as hell. Much love. And here we go. So if you were to just feel into this question for a second, when you think about relationships, what are the first few things that come up in your mind without thinking too hard? Love, connection. A little bit of anxiety, communication, respect, mutual respect, depending on the relationship, attraction, mm -hmm. support. There's like an interplay between safety and variety. There's always safety. No, not safety. Safety is there, but there's interplay between like playfulness, spontaneity, and also like certainty and yeah, safety as well. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Stability. Nice. Okay. Now, if I were to ask you what your experience has been like in prior relationships, why are they not your relationships anymore? Because uh, they were emotionally unavailable. And I was also probably emotionally unavailable too. We tracked what we are, right? I wasn't ready either. So I would seek out people who I couldn't be in a relationship with. And when I say like they're unavailable, either they were already in a relationship and so that like, that's an integrity line that I would not cross for myself. So that again, makes them unavailable to me or they were geographically too far away or whatever. Let's say with my past friend who was kind of a relationship, but not whatever, like there was like this ambiguity and uh, settling for what wasn't right. Like there were a lot of red flags that were ignored and then those red flags became unbearable. And then that's when the relationship just had to be cut off. And I was also, I think I was searching for something outside myself, my dad's approval. Like it tended to be a pattern of like, they were all had substance abuse issues. Oh, my also did my father did. <laughs> they were emotionally unavailable. Like my father, they were hot and cold. Like my father. So like, I had to like heal that wound kind of, and yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And if I were to ask you about your relationship now, how might you define that? I think it's between two mostly complete people. <laughs> like we were both developed, I guess, or had worked on ourselves and gotten to a point where it's like, I would like a partner. 
it's not like, oh, fulfilling this deep void within my life and within my heart or something like that. It's like, it's just like the cherry on top. It's like, okay, I'm working on myself. I'm following my passions. I'm successful in in terms of what success means to me, not necessarily what society means. And now I'm looking for this next thing. And so I think that's why it's such a like healthy dynamic is because we complement each other without being like, I don't know, I hate the expression, like someone's other half. It's like, no, we're both our own whole complete things. And I think that's like why this works so well and supporting each other and feeling totally safe and comfortable that we can just like communicate our needs and with respect and maturity and consideration um, and empathy for the other person. Beautiful. Amazing. So um, I'm hearing several themes here. So one of them is kind of the old patterning and how that comes up in relationships that we hold as adults, so to speak. Um, and I'm hearing the, for sure, the, the, the dad patterning where it's like substance abuse, emotionally unavailable, hot and cold, um, those types of things. And I also heard the word red flags too, where the red flags, what I've almost noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but it's like red flags are almost because they're so familiar. We don't see them as red flags. (laughs) They're just things that we're familiar with. And it's almost like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, in the case of like the last guy that I was like in love with, they were like blatant, like I was aware of them, but I was like, they don't make him who he is. He's like, you know, these are just labels. That's not who he is. That's his past. That's who he was. And now he's changing and like evolving. And it's like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. like if there's a reason that you notice these things to begin with, like, whereas with Ravi now, there are no red flags, like mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're more just like things that like, oh, I'm triggered within myself, like it's a learning opportunity, but it's not like there's more green flags. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a sign. Yeah. And in terms of the trigger pieces, I'm curious, like how that has kind of played out in your relationship. I, well, you like to know stories. So like the other day I was communicating my need for connection to him. (laughs) And, um, I was explaining, like, I, this is how I receive, like, this is how I feel connected through like, you know, restating what I say and blah, blah, blah. He like, didn't, he's like, well, I can't change who I am. And not in a, like throwing something on me more in a, like, I'm throwing something out within me. Like I feel disconnected and I'm like, putting on him to change how he communicates with me rather than looking inward of like, okay, why aren't I able to receive this? And so it was like, that triggered me. Cause I was like, mm, I don't, I feel disconnected and I feel all these feelings and whatever. And then when I processed through it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like totally fair of him to be like, respectfully, this is who I am and own who he is. And like, basically say no one person can you know, you can't change for another person. And I was like, oh yeah, he was right all along. <laughs> mm. And so it's just things like that, or especially because I was single for so long, adjusting to even having another person in your life triggers things about like, you know, being in the same house. And I have a certain level of like cleanliness that comes from my childhood and being raised by, you know, a kind of um, neat freak. <laughs> I, that's not the nicest way of putting it, but someone who got had control issues and took it out around clean 
cleaning. Um, and so I feel myself triggered where it's like, we're leaving the house and I want to do the dishes. And he's like, oh, just leave it. And I'm like, ah. Um, so it's like triggering like these just like these old childhood things too that I'm not aware of when I'm on my own because I get to like, this is my space. Everything's the way I like it. Now there's another person and it's their space. How do we navigate this? So um, they're healthy. I'd say healthy triggers of like, oh, okay. That's something within me that I wasn't even aware of before. Yeah. So I like the kind of term you use healthy triggers because <laughs> so one of the things, one of the things you mentioned was almost like a level of, of trying to change something. So, you know, there's, there's, there's almost this difference between the difference between moving through a trigger and changing somebody. So it's like, and the fixing syndrome, right? Where we almost like, sometimes people choose like projects without thinking about it. They like subconsciously choose projects to fix somebody, right? Because it feels like they have a sense of control and it's almost a sense of connection too. It's like, I can help you, right? Like anyways. So what does it mean when people say like that they're, they don't want to change for someone else? Like, how's that different? Than moving through a trigger together as a partner. In this case, I perceive it as like just being solid in your own identity and like accepting who you are, just the sense of where it's coming from in that person of just like a openness to hear you. And then also recognizing who they are at the same time. And like, let's try and meet in this middle ground where both of us can have our needs met. I don't want to say compromise, but where both of us have an understanding. Mm, yeah. 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 And so that sounds like it's kind of coming more from like a, a level of, of connection versus attachment. Yeah. 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 So one of the other words I heard, that's kind of a powerful word is the word settling. So when we, yeah. And, and I have, I have definitely noticed a theme in, in my past relationships too, where I look back on them now And I, and I think to myself and feel within myself, wow, I almost settled for that. Like that felt like what love was like, that felt like that's what I was going to have the rest of my life. And I look back at every relationship now and it's like, fuck, you know, like, can, I can't imagine having that the rest of my life. Yeah. And when I look back at like my past attraction to people or relationships or friendships it's like getting addicted to the high and low and then burning out and it's like that's where I think it's settling settling for this like up and down uncertainty like it's the thrill and then the crash the thrill and the crash and so it's like like a drug addict chasing a high kind of thing whereas now it's not settling it's just like there's the high and low it's more like these slighter waves, there are ups and downs, but they're pretty, you know, steady. Whereas before it was like this gigantic up and down, like tumultuous waves that you were riding in a storm. And now it's like, oh, it's like going to the beach versus like a tropical storm or something. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning, you're like, oh, is this it? This isn't how I thought love would feel. Cause it's not like the TV shows and movies and it's like head over heels and love and it's, but that doesn't last. And I don't know if it's healthy necessarily. I don't know. It's not for me to judge, but to me, it didn't feel good um, most of the time. So this is just like, oh, 
this is comfortable. It's not settling. It's just comfort and security. This is how I can see myself living the rest of my life. I don't want to be, you know, taking my surfboard out on these gigantic waves all the time and not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned, mentioned that as well with, with the, like, this is what is comfortable and secure, but it's not necessarily like, because you're codependent on that other person to feel comfort, right? Like that's, that's another piece too, that I think there's a huge difference between like, this is what's comfortable and safe and secure, not because you're limiting yourself, right? But it's because you'd only be limiting yourself if you didn't have that within yourself already. (laughs) But it's like almost like elevating that within you. It's almost like they're mirroring that back to you, you know? Yeah, it's, and I think that goes back to what I said about having two complete people where you're mirroring back to another person, like a healthy kind of relationship. It's not like some sort of insecure attachment or anxious attachment or you know one of those styles and initially like I'll be honest initially it was like oh this is kind of boring (laughs) but it's not it's just like it's like the recalibration of like I'm used to surfing those big waves I don't know why I'm using surfing metaphors today but you're like surfing these gigantic waves and almost drowning to like going to these more manageable ways where it's like at the end of the day, you're like, oh yeah, that was fun. I could do it again rather than like hanging onto the surfboard. Like I might not be able to do this again because I might die. (laughs) So, and I think that's having those two solid, that foundation in yourself as individuals that you're able to appreciate that other person more deeply. Mm, Foundation as individuals. Mm. So let me ask you, have you ever heard of the song Bones? No. Marin Morris. All right. So audience and Liz, <laughs> um, there's a song by Marin Morris called bones. And it really like, I listened to this quite a bit, a couple, when was it maybe a year and a half ago? Like I listened to it quite a bit because it's, it's essentially talking about when the bones are good, the rest doesn't matter. You know, like there could be a fucking tropical storm, but because you have such a strong foundation, it really doesn't change it doesn't change what the foundation already is because it's so strong. And so I listen to that not as a relationship sort of song, but as within myself. And so it's like when you have that foundation within yourself and you meet somebody else and they've got their own foundation, it's almost just like you, you coexist, like you coexist and you, you can co-nourish each other. But it's not codependent because like you've both got your own foundation. You don't need, you know, tools that he has. And then he takes some of the wood you have. And then it just becomes this fucking like ridiculous tornado of shit. Right. So, so anyways, great song. So, (laughs) so that actually was really helpful for me when I was moving through some of my trauma, actually. So I resonate with quite a bit of things that you're talking about in the current relationship that I'm in. And you mentioned it was almost like boring. (laughs) And it's kind of funny because like, I'm used to having butterflies with people and like having almost this like almost like super excited, but like butterfly excited. And then like, but there was always something that was not right. But like, because the, you know, high was so high, it didn't really fucking matter about the lower aspects. Right. It was just so, so, so thrilling. Right. But it's like with this current relationship, it's not like boring necessarily, but to my young one, it's boring. Right. To my little one. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's boring, but it's like, I was so used to the chaos and like drama and whatever. So naturally I was attracting all of that shit, right? Like you were mentioning. And, um, and this is like, feels stable. <laughs> it feels stable and it feels secure and very comfortable. And it's like, I told him actually a few days ago, I said, cause I had a vulnerable conversation and I, and I told him about this, this feeling. I was like, honestly, like I have difficulty trusting you. Like he did, he has done nothing wrong. And like, he's does everything right. Everything. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Everything ridiculously. So, so thoughtful. And you and I have talked about your, your, your person as well. Super thoughtful does literally anything and everything you could possibly imagine and whatever, not to prove something, but just because they want to. Right. But it's like I said, I have a lot of difficulty trusting you because like, I'm not used to this. You're also not my type, <laughs> like at all. You're not my type. You're not what I would normally go after. Normally I attract people that drink too much. They're emotionally unavailable. They don't actually listen to me. They can't recite what I've said before. You, you somehow remember words that I've said two weeks ago. Yeah. And, and as I've kind of allowed myself to be with his energy more, I made an intention to, to every time I was with him, I was like, okay, I'm going to actually like feel into his energy because you can't lie with energy, right? You can't lie. And I felt into it. And like, it was really just me that was repulsed. I was like repulsed by this safety, security, stability. I was like, what, <laughs> what is that shit? You know? And I noticed like his energy was genuine. It was really genuine. He like legitimately gives a fuck. Like you can feel it. And so I was like, you know, so anyways, that's just kind of speaking to like some of the things you were mentioning too. So I'm just kind of reflecting that back. Yeah. Cause my current person partner, it's the same thing. Like would drive four hours to come see me or something like it's, it's like, oh, and is genuinely happy to do things which is why that communication thing where he's just like, mm, I can't do that. I was like, what? Cause he literally gives me pretty much everything that I want and happily willingly. Like, and so I was like, Oh, so that's what stopped and made me think too. But yeah, it's at first it's like, what is this? This can't be real. This is boring. And then you're like, no, actually this is nice. Like someone who listens, someone who takes care of me, someone who respects me is concerned about me is there like no matter what is like that safety net like I can trust this person and initially yeah you're like can I because I had conversations with him too it's like well I've never had this before like I just share some things from my past and he's like well that's why I want to like be this for you like is so happy to like carry that and I'm like oh okay <laughs> like I, here I am with my own wounds like I don't deserve this and why would someone do this? And what do I have to do to reciprocate or, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, the realization that I had at least was that we wouldn't be together. I wouldn't be with him unless he was meeting my needs in some way, unintentionally or intentionally on his part. We don't stay with someone if our needs aren't met at some, on some level. And for him, that's where my deservingness came up. I was like, well, he wouldn't be with me unless I was providing him with something and maybe we provide each other with different things because I'm not providing him with what he's providing me. And so I was like, well, I'm not doing anything for him. And it's like, well, I don't have to do what I, 
like air quotes, do anything. That's where I learned about the masculine and feminine doing and being, because it's like me being there and being this energy or something is what he's looking for. And that was a revelation because I was like, that's not what I'm looking for, but it just balances out. Mm-hmm. But it definitely yeah. was an adjustment. Absolutely. And I think to speak to what you were saying, like about earning it almost, it's like, it's almost like you have to do something to earn like what they're giving you <laughs> yeah, or what they're doing or how they're being or whatever. And yeah, it's like, it's like, wait, so I don't have to do anything. There's no trick. There's no, like, you know, you're not going to like manipulate me later because I didn't give you the same amount or whatever at the time. So yeah, it's, it's super interesting how that, how that, how that works out. Right. So, so yeah. So I guess another aspect is for those ladies that are kind of listening and they're like, wow, I kind of wish I had that sort of situation. Like, what do you need? What do you want to tell them? I want to tell them because I've had people come to me and they say similar things of like, oh, I want that or makes me believe soulmates exist or like, where do you find good men? I'm going to say that one really loudly of like, where do you find high value men? Because I see that online all the time at Facebook groups and Instagram and stuff. And it's like, I found him by walking down the street in the middle of a small town where neither of us lived there. We just happened to be there on that day, on his birthday, (laughs) actually. And it was like, I attracted him because he just said he like felt drawn to me and my energy. And so it has nothing to do with the guys out there, like going to bars or on the apps or wherever you're looking, it all has to entirely do with you and your energy and becoming that complete person in and of yourself, spending time with friends and pursuing things that light you up inside, whether that's hobbies, whether that's your career, whether that's, you know, what your children, if you have children, like whatever it is that lights you up and just like, well, Jocelyn and I talk a lot about like embodiment. It's just like fully embodying, embodying yourself and having boundaries and sticking to them. Because that's the thing that I found that was like really set apart, like the before and now of just once I started figuring out what the heck I wanted, what the heck I needed, what I was comfortable with, what felt good to me, and then communicating it. That's when it's like, oh, I just don't have time in my life for these people who I don't want to be with. Like, because I would go on the apps and have the same old conversations with like, you know, the guys who's just trying to have a one night stand or whatever. And I just communicate that with them of like, no, I'm not available for that. And it would just like kind of fall away. And then the people who like, that's when I attracted someone like who I'm with now, who would drive four hours in the middle of a snowstorm to come see me for five minutes, because I'm not always available for him either. Like, that's the other thing that I think sets it apart is when you're living your own life and you're not living it for another person, then you show up differently. And then you also like aren't there to put up with all this other stuff that you don't want. And then that just goes away. And what you do want grows and um, not always being available, like bending over backwards. I used to bend over backwards if someone like who I was interested in would message me or call or something. And I'd like drop what I was doing and pick up the phone. And now it's like, I don't do that even with my boyfriend. (laughs) I'm having dinner with my sister. He calls. It's like, "Eh, I'll pick up. I'll phone back later. And like, but that's like healthy. And the same thing when I call him, most of the time he picks up because he's the extrovert in the relationship, (laughs) but not always. And it's like, because of that safety and security that we've created as well. But this comes back to like, I got super clear on what the heck 
I wanted and what I would put up with and what type of person I wanted and what type of person and separate from the guy, what type of person I wanted to be and who I wanted to show up as. And then like, I think that's the ultimate form of attraction (laughs) for a man or a woman. Like I'm not attracted to a man who doesn't know what he wants in life. And I think a lot of women are like that, like aimlessly floating around, like no purpose that's attractive. And the same thing, like you don't have to be like boss babe out there making millions of dollars. But if you are like, oh, I really love painting and I'm so passionate and you have something to talk about that you love. That's like when guys are like, oh my gosh, there's something different about this woman. It's just like the energy that you have. And so that's the thing that like, when you have that, you can literally just walk down the street like I did and you'll have a guy who's like, ooh, wow. Like, like I literally stopped him in his tracks. I'm not saying this to sound like pigheaded or anything, but just like, because I had tapped into and I was passionate, like when I show up on my first date, because I've asked him like, what set me apart from other people that you've dated? And he's like, just the way that you like wanted to have an impact in the world. And on our first date, like how passionate I was about the things I was doing and the impact I wanted to have. And like, I was just excited. And I had all these different things to talk about because I was doing all these different things. And I think that's kind of the difference. Just like be yourself, be interesting, because when you're yourself and you're doing what you love, you're automatically going to be more interesting because you'll be like, oh, I love doing this. And this is why I love doing it. And blah, blah, blah. So I think that's the thing, the advice that I would give is just like be unapologetically yourself and the right person will be attracted to that. And it'll make it like, you'll know, that's one of the questions that I come up across to come across to is like, well, how do you know? And I ask the same questions too, when I'd be chatting with guys or whatever. And it's like, when they're the right person and they're interested in you, it feels totally different and you won't have any questions. Now this hot and cold business, like, oh, is he going to call me back? Should I message him first? It's just like, no, he's messaging you. He's calling you. He'll show up at your door. He'll send you flowers, like whatever to get your attention. So I guess that's my, my little spiel. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's beautiful. I I totally agree with all of that. So what do you, what would we say to the person like, who's like, I don't really know how to be myself. I don't even know who I am. (laughs) Oh, first of all, I say, I love you. And I see you. That was me as well. Like I, that was a question in my life of like, what, who am I? And what, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? I think it starts with identifying what you don't like and what you don't want. It takes time and be patient with yourselves and to think about it as instead of like, I have to figure out what I want. It's like, I get to explore who I am, like take the pressure off of like, I have to know what my purpose is in life and what I want to do. Cause that's what I was doing. Like that was me go, go, going through university. I'm going to do all the degrees and all this stuff. And it's like, mm, what if I just take a break and give myself space to actually feel into things that I like and don't like. Why don't I go take that class? Oh, don't like that. Okay, we're not going to do that anymore. I checked that box off of like, all right, not for me. And the more you just kind of explore and play, just explore and play, like whether or not you figure out what you're doing, because like, you don't even have to have it figured out to meet a man either. But if you're exploring and playing of like, you show up at a date, oh, I tried this class. I didn't really like it, but I learned this or something like that's also a conversation starter. That's also you getting back into that place of like figuring it out and like paying attention to yourself. And that's the key thing here. Like, I still don't know 100% who I am or what I want. It's a constant exploration. It's a constant like work in progress. You learn something and then you go a little deeper 
and you discover, oh, here's a little trauma, here's a little hurt, here's a little pain. What's the story here? And it's just having that curiosity and that sense of like acceptance of like, whatever comes up, it's okay. Like, and it gets easier. In the beginning, it'll be overwhelming because you're just like, I don't have any clue. But over time, it's like, oh, I really notice that I start liking this and I start liking this and I don't like that. That's okay. Let's try this. And so I think that's the process here of like, just release the pressure of like, I have to have this all done in this amount of time so I can meet this type of man. It's like, "Mm, it'll happen when it happens. Just focus on yourself and like do what feels good to you when it feels good to you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And I hear this aspect a lot is the aspect of the timeline, right? Lots of, lots of, lots of women have a timeline of some kind, you know, whether it's having a kid by a certain age, getting married by a certain age, whatever, you know, being with somebody at a certain age. What I always say to those, to those ladies is I believe that, you know, and, and oftentimes these are women that I end up working with is you know, once the, once they've even been, you know, doing this, this trauma healing and moving through, like figuring out who they are and whatever, and stripping all the layers of the old stories and trauma and whatever, you know, even after just some months, it's like, think about six months ago, if you were to have found somebody, or if you were to have had a child versus if you were to have that situation now, why do you think you didn't have them back then? Right. It has nothing to do with the timeline, because if you try and have all those things before you've really figured yourself out and you don't have to figure yourself out a hundred percent, no, right. You do that until you die. Right. But like you need to, you get to, like Liz was saying, like have that space exploring who you are and all of that sort of stuff. And like moving through your stuff, because you'll notice that even that simple question, those of you in the audience, like asking yourself that question, you'll notice like, wow, I would have attracted a very different person. And, you know, and, or my child would have been impacted very differently than, than if I were to have that child now. So that's a beautiful thing. And, and I don't recall how long it was for you between your last relationship and this one. How long was that? Uh, Quite a few months. Mm-hmm. Say. Yeah. Yeah. And then also allowing yourself the space to explore yourself too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'd never, I guess I should be completely transparent of never actually having been in like a real relationship, never having a boyfriend before my current one. And that's when I say like, just take the time. Cause like, yeah, I had these friends who were like, there was a mutual attraction, but they weren't ready to like say anything. And I was just kind of settling or putting up with it. And, but then now it's like, I see it as like, I was waiting for the right person and I waited 30 years. <laughs> that's how long it took. And like, you don't have to go through multiple people. Cause I think that's the thing too. It's like, oh, we like, I'll just date a whole bunch of people. But like, again, it just came back to like, what feels good to me. And so you can, of course you can date people and that can be part of the process of learning. Like there's no right or wrong answer here. So like that can be part of the process of figuring out, oh, I like this. I don't like this. Or just like the exploration of yourself. Cause I had 30 years to explore myself and figure myself out. So yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. 
Yeah. Let's see. And another thing you mentioned was filling a void, right? So there's a really mm-hmm. big piece there too, is like not needing someone to fill that void that you may have within yourself. And it's kind of like, I love, I love wave analogies too. I just really think they're really helpful sometimes. So it's like, if you feel like when you're thinking of a particular person or, you know, how you expect you might feel with, with your person, it's like, my belief is that you don't want it to be like this super jittery. Like I need to have it. I'm so excited. Like really, really like I need to have it like that kind of energy. Like that's kind of like that, that sort of like wave sort of thing that Liz was talking about earlier. It's like, like you get to have those moments, of course, that feel exciting and exhilarating and whatever, but it's not from this place of like, I need to have it like druggy, right? Like high. It's more of consistent, like, you know, smaller sloped wave. Like you, you guys can't see what I'm doing with my hand, but like, it's a shorter wave, like way more chill, like, like at the beach. Yeah. There's a huge difference between like having a relationship that's like in the turbulent waters versus having a relationship where you're on the beach itself, like on the sand, on the land, like that is what I believe is kind of like the ultimate relationship really is that like, it gets to be grounded. It gets to be like us almost like a solid feeling and you don't have to guess, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that going off of this, like butterflies feeling you mentioned that really shifted for me was, I think it was like a quote from Buddha or something. If you feel butterflies, it's not your soulmate because your soulmate should just be like calm. It's not the exact quote. But when I read that, I was like, oh, because I had been thinking that the butterflies were love, whereas it's like this sense of safety and security, also sometimes perceived as boredom, as we discussed, that was just like, oh, this isn't not, this isn't it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for the butterflies, like you doing the waves, like having a giant roller coaster at a theme park. The reality is we only go to uh, like an amusement park, like once or twice a year, maybe not even. And you pay and you go for that experience and then you leave. It's not your life. Your life is outside of that amusement park where things aren't as thrilling as going up and down on these big roller coasters. They're just like the little blip on the radar. And that's how when I heard that quote from Buddha, that shifted something in me of like, oh, I've been looking for the wrong thing this whole time. Maybe I should just try something else. And so that's where I am now of just like, okay, I was totally undervaluing this thing. Mm-hmm. This like person, or not even, not even him, but like undervaluing the true depth that you can have in a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I know exactly the, I just brought it up because I know the quote you're talking about. Buddhists say, if you meet somebody and your heart pounds, your hands shake, your knees go weak, that's not the one. When you meet your soulmate, you'll feel calm, no anxiety, no agitation. And there's different like versions of that, but, but I believe that to be true as well, honestly, like, and when you, when you feel into that, like, I'm going to read that again for you guys. Like, you know, if you're not driving or like holding a heavy weight or something, I invite you to close your eyes as you hear this. If you meet somebody and your heart pounds, your hands shake, your knees go weak. That's not the one. When you feel your soul, when you meet your soulmate, you'll feel calm, no anxiety and no agitation. You know, the heart pounding, hands shaking, knees go weak. It's, you know, the butterflies, it's all the same sort of concept. And it's like, okay, when you hear it, it's like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. But it's like, 
like how come that is such like a societal, how we believe that love is supposed to be, or that our soulmate is supposed to make us feel that way. Right. Like just genuinely curious, like, why do you suppose that is? Probably, I think it's probably related to like the healthy attachment styles. If you have the butterflies, it's probably triggering something within you. That's maybe a missing piece from your childhood or one of your little ones and one of those parts. And it's like, oh, the thing that I've been missing gets really excited and chases after it. Whereas when you meet someone who is secure in who they are and you're secure in who you are and you meet them, there's nothing there to trigger that little excitable piece in you that's like, oh, I found the thing because you've already found that for yourself and they've already found that for themselves. So you're, you're not able to like have that excitement of like opening the big present of like, yes, I've been looking for this because you already found it. So now what do I do? It's like the after Christmas effect of like, yay, so much excitement. And then, you know, boxing day rolls around. You're like, oh, I got everything. Now what? And so that's kind of like the same thing I I think could potentially be going on there, but I don't know if there's really a right answer. That's just one. Yeah, no, I don't think there is a right answer, a wrong answer. Yeah. Something that kind of similar breath of this is, is that level of setting boundaries too, I would say, because that's like, it's almost like a wish list, like like Santa's wish list. If we're kind of going on a similar, you know, theme there, it's like, truthfully, like, you know, what you want and need most people require a bit more awareness within themselves of what they need in the first place, but being able to express what you need as well, which more often than not will feel extremely uncomfortable and vulnerable. And you kind of just have to count to three and spit it out with the relationship I had just before this one, this one being the stable one, I thought truthfully, like I really was like, wow, like I I met this person that like meets so many of these criteria and like whatever, but still had that, like that butterfly sort of like feeling and whatever. There were things though, that did not match up for me. He did drink too much. He also vaped and didn't have sex enough with me because he had some of his own issues and like some other things. And like, I, and didn't text me much as, as well. Those are some of the things that I listed out to him as things that I needed. And the response wasn't what I was hoping for. And so it's like, we get to be with the fear that kind of comes with letting that person go if they're not going to meet those boundaries and expectations and needs, because you don't have to change your boundaries and what you need just because somebody gives you the excitement and the butterflies and you feel like that that's the person. Because ultimately, I believe that your person is going to respect all of those boundaries. And ultimately, you get to have a conversation about it. Like you were saying, kind of like meet each other and understand each other and kind of have that like understanding and maturity to kind of move through that together. Right. Again, another relationship where it's just like, I almost, I almost settled for that, you know? So that's just another piece too that, you know, definitely find really important there too. They're always important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe guys, uh, I would have to check honestly, but I believe I have a podcast on boundaries too. If that's something that you guys have not moved through. So, so look for that. It may be called constructive conversations or boundaries or something like that, or speaking your needs, but, but definitely check that out. If you don't really know how to do that in a way that feels kind of safe for you. 
I didn't love myself. I judged myself every time I looked in the mirror and I was obsessed with food. I struggled with a lot of inner chaos. I didn't know how to have compassion for myself. If you need somebody who understands that feeling so that you can move through that, to ditch food obsession and embrace self-love, hit me up on IG at D-R-J-O-C-E-L-Y-N-H-A-R-T-E at Dr. Justin Hart on IG so we can chat. I'd love to speak to, to like you, the back to the red flag situation. And you were kind of saying like, until it became unbearable. <laughs> so I think this happens kind of a lot for people. I don't know if gaslit is the right word, but it's like, they're really pushed to their edge in one aspect or another, whether they're not respected or, or that, you know, whatever it is that didn't match up for them or whatever, or, or being treated a certain way or, you know, whatever it is, like certain aspects, just like, it's almost like you're, you're hanging on to it because it just like, is that high at times, but then it becomes unbearable. Like, why does, why does that have to happen? Like, why does it have to get to a point where it's unbearable? Because you're chasing the high, I guess. Like, it's almost like, um, I can't live without this versus I don't want to live without this. Like when you have the like extreme high that you're going after and it's like, oh, how will I survive the crash and fall? Like, without this person who's feeding this loop of up and down, hot and cold, side to side, like you're holding on tight to that because you don't want to lose it because it feels really, really good when things are going well and really, really bad when things aren't versus like when you have the stability and the security and the mutual love and trust and respect and like all these things, it's like, oh, this feels really safe and stable because you've done the work to build up that like you're a whole person who hasn't been trying to fill this missing piece with someone else or something else because I believe it's the same behavior that drives other types of behaviors as well then it's like well I can continue like I could have continued going on being single for forever pretty much and that was the energy that I brought to the relationship too of when I was dating and, and looking for someone was just like I'm happy with the way things are and with the person that I am I mean I'm always doing more work so when you get to that place and you meet someone else, that's where that energy of like, oh, okay, it's like the cherry on top. It's like, I'm happy to continue doing it, but I don't have to. It's not like the super high or super low. Yeah, I don't think you're holding on as tight because you don't need to hold on as tight because you know, even if that person wasn't in your life, it wouldn't be as like you'd be missing out on things because there's a lot of beauty that comes from being in a relationship. You also know that like, I can survive this. I'll be okay. I love my life because again, you're doing the things that you love and you're have a full life and they're a part of your life. They aren't, they don't become your whole life. Whereas like the other dynamic, they become like, oh, I'll change myself to keep them in my life or I'll do this to keep them in my life. And it's like, that's, is this serving me? Like, yeah, it's a different energy, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I will also ring true to that being single thing as well, because similarly, like I was without a relationship for three years and it was almost a joke between my friends and I, because like they were constantly searching for a partner. Right. And because we're kind of at that stage in our lives. Right. But it's like, honestly, I was super happy and like, and content being with myself by myself and whatever. And it just so happened, you know, that the situations kind of lined up in a way where I ended up with this person. But it's like, I think what Liz said is like, comes comes with so much truth and clarity is that like, if you're bringing to the relationship, like the fact that like, you're very happy being single, like you no longer have to have this like syndrome of like, 
I can't survive without this person or like, you know, I, I feel like I've like lost a part of myself. Like I've lost, you know, my heart is like, I've broken completely. Right. And like, they're your whole life. Yeah. And, and I think that there's a part of it where it's like, we're afraid of losing that person. We're afraid of being alone because why, why are we afraid of being alone? It's like, I just came up with another water related analogy of like, you're at sea and you're holding on to like uh, a floating plank to stay above the water for, and that's like the unhealthy relationship. So you're holding on so tight because you don't think you can survive without this. And it's almost like either two things could happen. You let go of the plank and you stand up and, oh, look, I wasn't even in that deep of water to begin with, but I was so afraid to let go of this plank that I thought I would die without it. I thought I would drown. Whereas, oh, look, I can save myself. Or instead of being holding on to like this shipwrecked piece of wood, you've got your own boat already. You're happily in this boat of being single. And then it's like, oh, but I found a passenger. Let's go on this sea like cruise together. It's like, I'd enjoy being on this cruise on my own. Oh, and here's, there's another person. I'm happy either way. And so it's like, why would I want to be stuck floating in the sea out adrift, holding onto a plank when either I can swim on my own or I can go on a cruise on my own or with another person? Like that's the choice that you're making. But sometimes when we're in that survival drive, which might be where the butterflies come from too. There's some like survival piece to it of like holding on to this wood for our dear lives. We're in survival. We're not able to see all that other stuff. And so it can be really scary of like letting go and standing up for ourselves in that water. And that's where the like, well, sometimes we do scary things. And just the act of doing that, of taking that leap of faith in yourself of like, I'll figure it out, sink, swim, in a shallow pool of water, I'll figure it out. That's when you start like the question of like, who am I goes away for because we were talking about that earlier, like, I don't know who I am. Well, taking that leap of faith in the beginning is going to be hard. Like there's no, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. Like, and you are capable of it. We are all capable of it. I believe that as human beings. And so that's where I'm going with this of like, it can, it'll seem really hard. If you have a person in your life who you can already see, like you are stuck in this pattern with them or afraid of being alone or whatever it is right now, letting go of that story, letting go of that piece of wood is going to seem impossible. And yet when you do it, whenever that happens to be, because it may not be instantaneously, it may take a little bit of time, may take years. I don't know. This is your story. You write your own story. But when it happens, that's when it's like, oh, now big things are happening. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I just want to echo the shit out of that. Because um, yeah, I, I fully believe like the level of uncertainty and risk that kind of comes with the biggest expansions in your life. You know, I mean, as an entrepreneur, fucking everything is uncertain at all times. Um, and yeah, it does take, a, you know, a level of kind of dancing with uncertainty and, and, and risk, right? Because ultimately, like, if you have such a certainty and in, in within yourself, that it's just like unwavering certainty, you know, uncertainty will absolutely come and go. But it's like, if you are willing to like build your trust muscle, you will ultimately like with every contraction comes an expansion, just like when you're having a baby, 
it's like it's the fucking worst. <laughs> I've never had children, but I've only heard of like it being fucking horrible. <laughs> and then they have the kid and it's like the best thing in the world. And then they do it again. Right. It's like, you know, it, it gets to, it, it, we get to kind of like rewire, like what risk is. It's just uncertainty. It's just a level of like, truthfully, like uncertainty is like stimulus. It's like a variety, you know, versus like kind of just staying in, in the same sort of situation, which is fine. But like, it's a level of like, how much do you want to thrive in your life? So I love that so much. And if you guys are listening, just re-listen to the last like three, four minutes when Liz was talking because it's gold. It's really important. It's so important. And I think that was a great analogy. I think we're like really into the water analogies today, which is great. So, yeah, I mean, and just like low key, can we just speak to like you were mentioning at the beginning, like variety, playfulness, spontaneity, like you know, like how does that kind of come into your relationship? You know, that doesn't necessarily come into all relationships necessarily, unless it's oftentimes an unhealthy kind of uh, level of like rocking the boat all over the place. Like, you know, so I don't know, like how has that kind of moved into your relationship now versus how it may have been before? I think the backbone to having the fun and the spontaneity and the joy and the play is the safety that again, I'm going to emphasize the boringness of it is exactly what allows the fun to happen. If I didn't feel safe, I wouldn't feel comfortable showing up and being playful. And so I think that's a really important dynamic too, is like without the safety, I can't express myself fully. And I like contract versus this expansiveness of like, okay, I feel safe. Let's have some fun now. Like let's travel Let's go out dancing. Let's even just like be in the kitchen and like, I can like swat him with a towel or something and know that like, he's not going to hurt me. And he'll probably laugh and be like, ha ha ha. Or like whatever I feel like doing, I just do these like things. And I know that he's going to be accepting of it or like go along with it because we have, we're constantly having the conversations about these sorts of things and communicating things and learning about one another. And that creates that level of trust and safety because you're not going to know everything. You're not going to know until you know, until you talk about it, until you experience it. And when you have the safety though, if something comes up, we're able to talk about it and get like, move forward move past it and find a solution. Because of that, I can, we can like do fun things, try out new things because it doesn't matter if it's, there's no like judgment, there's no expectation either. And so that's where the fun and the playfulness comes from of like, it's like, oh, that just like comes out of me and it comes out of him. And then we just have fun. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And, you know, for those of you who, who know Tony Robbins, six human emotional needs, like we've kind of been hitting on them as we've been talking, like Liz has spoken to uh, safety, which I, you know, is the same as security, certainty, comfort, you know, whatever you know, there's that, that's, that's one of them. The second is, is that level of uncertainty and variety and stimulus and change. Right. And then that, that, that third one is something I kind of want to tap into in, in just a moment, which is love and connection. The fourth one we've really talked about with boundaries, which is the level of feeling recognized, seen and heard to feel significant and valued. And then growth, you know, Liz has brought that up as well. Like, you know, wanting to develop yourself and grow yourself and, 
she's mentioned, you know, doing that not only with herself in her own space and time, but also with her partner too, like moving through triggers and things, because those will come up. Triggers will come up like throughout your whole life, but it's like, what is your relationship to those triggers? Right. So that's a beautiful, beautiful piece too. And then the last one is the level of contribution to like giving outside yourself. And she spoke to kind of the unhealthy version of that, which is kind of like over giving and like almost trying to earn shit. Right. And like that aspect too, versus kind of just both people contributing to each other in a healthy way. So I guess to kind of have one of the last aspects of this conversation would be love and connection. So I think it's really important that people realize that this emotional need that people have, like, it's not just love and connection with somebody else. It's also with yourself too. I think my opinion, at least, and you can disagree with me if you you want, but you can't have a deep, profound, meaningful, healthy connection with another being unless you have one with yourself first. And that's, I think this whole conversation has been about coming back to yourself. Before you look outward to a relationship, to a friendship, to anything external, it all comes back to yourself. And so having that sense of like love, appreciation, connection with yourself, your emotions, your body, everything, it's the foundation. And I like going back to that conversation with him where I was like, I feel unheard. And like, can you communicate in this way? And he's just like, no, that's because I was disconnected from myself. I was blocking something. I wasn't honoring my feelings. I wasn't whatever, whatever it happened to be. And so that's where it was like, all right, come back to myself again. And I think that's the key things in any relationship. It all starts with the relationship to self. Absolutely. Such a gorgeous way to end as well. So guys, this was Liz. So Liz Faith slash, you know, so how would you like to be called by the way? Like how, how would you like to now be called? It's funny. I just changed my name today back to my actual name, Elizabeth Harris, but I go by Liz. Yeah. So Elizabeth Harris slash Liz, she is a fucking life changer. She is looking to make a huge impact in this world as a vegan embodied vegan she's just her goal is just so beautiful to what how many animals were you gonna save 200 billion (laughs) 200 billion fuck you know anyways so she's gonna save a bajillion (laughs) animals in this world and i'm really glad that she was able to come on today to talk about relationships and her story with her past relationships and her current relationships to really lend an ear and an understanding and to help you feel seen in what you're experiencing, just always sharing kind of from experiences so that you guys can have just a level of understanding of, of things that get to be a part of your life and how you get to navigate them through sharing through stories. And so I'm really grateful that she was able to come on today so that you could hear that. And I could have the grace and happiness to have this conversation with her. So thank you so much for coming on Liz. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Beautiful. So if you guys want to reach out to Liz, Liz Harris at any point in time, Liz, can you tell them where you can find, where they can find you? Find me on basically all social media at Growing Embodiment. We've got a Facebook group, which I really love. There's lots going on in there. And my podcast is also Growing Embodiment, which you can find on Spotify, iTunes, all that fun stuff. It's for vegans and non-vegans. Anyone who's kind of on a spiritual healing self-development journey 
because the whole idea behind it is growing. As we grow, we need to embody what we learn. It's getting out of our head and back into our heart and into our body. And so if you're just like trying to figure out who you are, which if you listen to this whole episode, it's probably you, if it resonated, that's what the podcast is all about, is like on this journey that we call life figuring out who you are and what you want and having compassion for yourself as you do it. Guys, thanks for listening. For more info on Food Freedom Formula, hit up my website, drjocelynhart.com to snag the deets to help you stop emotional eating and feel confident in the mirror again. I also update additional resources on my website all the time to help you succeed. Lastly, for more content like this, follow me on Instagram at drjocelynhart.com.